At the beginning of time, the world was pure. But temptation lurked in the form of a serpent. Giving in to deception, man fell into darkness. But God did not abandon his creation. A spiritual battle now rages against evil, and God's people rely on his strength as they fight against sin in the invisible war. So I think the Leading the Way is really amazing. They've, they've got these Navigator Bibles, which just absolutely blew my mind when, when I realized what they were. It's such a way of using technology, but at the same time reaching people who are desperate for the Bible, for the Word of God, where they can't have it. So recently I've tuned into the evangelistic event, uh, which was phenomenal and so happy that so many people came to Christ and that there's an outreach and an ongoing celebration for everyone that has come to Christ. You know, Leading the Way Live allows people that aren't getting the gospel, that aren't getting the truth, to get the truth every Sunday. That's going to feed you and then lead you into your next week with the fulfillment that God has, has given you a word for that week. The Vision 2025 is a key initiative that I'm sure that the Lord put on Dr. Youssef's heart to bring out the gospel into our country. We need a revival in this country. And God pray that God can use that to bring it about in this country. To me, it's amazing that Leading the Way has all these avenues to reach people. Between his books, his journals, his kingdom satellite, it goes in other countries. I mean, it's going all over the world. It's reaching a lot of places. You know, you and I can't go to all those places. And it's working and it's bringing more people to God. And we need to get behind it. This month, generous ministry partners are challenging you to help match their gifts to leading the way up to $1 million through this special December matching gift challenge. Double your impact today and join with leading the way during these critical days. Will you help us share the good news of Jesus through this special December gift challenge? Contact us today to double your impact. You know, during World War II, after the collapse of France, Hitler and the Nazis were eyeing the coast of England and thinking of invading the mainland of England, the channel, the coast. There's some books and movies made on this. But when Hitler began to think with his generals of how he's going to assault Britain, Great Britain, they realized that they cannot send land troops without winning the war in the air. And so they, 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 they stopped 
But to say that at that moment, in those few days, the British were facing a bleak prospect is an understatement. But the British commanders also understood that if they are to repel the Nazis' attack, the RAF, the Royal Air Force, has to fly high above in much higher altitude than the Germans are able to. And so they did. And this was one of the main reasons why the British were able to repel the Nazis. You say, Michael, well, we came here on Sunday morning to get a lesson in, on Second World War and history. Now, because, listen carefully, fighting from above is God's strategy for his children to win the invisible war. That's God's strategy for us. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20, when the apostle Paul is talking about God the Father raising God the Son from the dead, he goes on to explain it. He said, when he raised him, he meaning the Father, raised him, the Son, from the dead, he seated him in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named. But that's not all. When the Father raised the Son from the dead, he gave him the highest spiritual altitude possible. No one can ever get higher or even close. He set him above all rule, authorities, power, and dominion. He placed him above all the angelic realm, that is, the good angelic realm and the evil angelic realm of the demons. The Father said, Jesus, well above Satan, well above all his demons, and well above all his authority. He said, he set him above all of your circumstances, above all of the events of history, above all things. Can you say all things? All things. And so he goes on, chapter 2, Ephesians, remember? Ephesians 1.20, now we're going to 4.6. But God, can you say that with me? Being rich in mercy, because of His great love for us, even when we were dead in sins, He made us alive together with Christ. Look at verse 6. And He raised us up. So not just the Father raised the Son up, He raised us up. He raised us up with Him. Now, let me tell you something. Here's something most Christians, including your pastor, sometimes forget. To our own detriment. We do tend to forget that. That he raised us up with him. And he seated us with him in the heavenly places, with Christ. I mean, he keeps repeating it so you get it. With him 
with Christ. We are already on higher ground. Wake up to it. We're already given all that we need to be successfully victorious over our enemies and His attacks appropriated. We already have vantage point uh, of being able to send Satan scurrying and running. Do it. <laughs> we are the children of the King. Live like it. We are the armies of the living God. Act like it. We are the redeemed of the Lord. Believe it. The high altitude in which we have an overwhelming advantage over the enemy of our soul. God wills it so. The problem arises when the enemy tricks us or deceives us into leaving our high ground and come down to his murky valley. And when you come down to the enemy's level, the advantage then belongs to him, and he ruthlessly uses it. Today I want to talk to you about the three major categories or the three areas in which the enemy of your soul will try to pull you down from your high altitude that is the will of God for you. Three areas in which he will bring you down in order to defeat you. Here they are. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. These are basically three missiles that Satan used to try to bring you down from the high altitude in which Jesus has placed you and placed me. And oh, by the way, <laughs> I'm going to show you that Satan took aim at Jesus in every one of those three areas that John talks about. The lust of the eye, flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Every one of them. And praise God, Jesus defeated him in every one of them. In every one of them. The Bible said he was tempted in every way like unto us, but he never sinned. And praise God for that because it is because of his sinlessness that he is able to take upon his sinless body the sins of everyone who confess their own sin. Praise God. So Jesus, fasting for 40 days, he goes to the wilderness. This was the start of conflict, which went on all the way to the cross where Jesus rendered Satan toothless. Look at verse 2, Matthew 4, 2. First of all, it tells you that after 40 days, he was hungry. If you have your own Bible, underline the word hungry. Verse 3, and the tempter came to him and said, it's the first of the three, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. So when the devil came to him, came to Jesus, 
It was at the very end of his fast. <laughs> if you miss this, you miss the whole point. It's at the very end of his fast. He was almost ready to eat, but not quite. It could be hours. It could be hours. I don't know. Because I don't want you to miss this is an incredible subtlety of the enemy. The enemy is so subtle, and, and, and if, if, if you're not alert to it, you can easily miss it. Satan never questioned Jesus' divinity. Uh, he never questioned Jesus' pre-existence with the Father before all worlds. In fact, Satan really makes this sound very clearly to me, that Jesus and Satan share this kind of uh, uh, secret. They both know a secret. As if to say to him, hey, you know and I know you're God's son. Hey, you know and I know that you can turn these stones into bread instantly. What is stopping you? What is stopping you? And you think, wait, wait a minute, but this is very reasonable, isn't it? You agree? It's very reasonable. Jesus is hungry. He has the power to make bread. <laughs> His Father gave him that authority. What was the problem? What is the problem? First of all, the problem is not whether hunger should be satisfied or not. Don't, don't, don't get distracted. That's not the problem. That's not the issue. What is the issue here? The issue is, should Jesus break his fast before the Father's timing? Now, that's really, the, that, that, that's the question. That's, that's, if you miss this, you miss the whole point. Beloved, for Jesus, this is a serious breach of faith with the Father. Are you with me? This is going back on his vow to the Father. Look at verse 4, Matthew 4, 4. Jesus responds, he said, It is written that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. My beloved friends, the secret of Jesus' victory is the secret of your victory and mine. When Satan tries to bring you down from your high ground by appealing to your desires and your appetites, all of your appetites, use the Scripture. Use the Scripture. It is written. Satan doesn't get swayed. He goes a second area. So he goes from the lust of the flesh to the lust of the eye. How is that? Well, look at it. You see, Satan knows if he can get you to see it, if he can get you to see it, if he can get you to feel it, if he can get you to experience it, if he can get you to taste it, he knows the rest is history. In Matthew 4, 5, and 6, Satan takes Jesus to the highest spot in the city, the highest. They couldn't get any higher. And he says to him, jump. Jump! I need to explain that to you. Remember this. Jesus yet has not commenced his ministry. 
He has not started the ministry yet. And so Satan was telling him, start your ministry with a spectacular stunt. Remember this, Jesus knows God's promises, right? Jesus knows that the Father would have delivered him had he jumped, right? Jesus knows had he jumped, angels, bodyguards would have come out of thin air to save him, right? And he would have gone from being a nobody to being an overnight sensation. Oh, yes. Everybody wants to be an overnight sensation. Look at Jesus' response, please. Verse 7, Matthew 4, 7. Again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye. Thirdly, the pride of life. Well, we know what pride is, but we don't know what the pride of life is. What is that pride of life? See, when Satan could not get Jesus through the door of fulfilling his bodily needs, his bodily appetite, the wrong way, he tried to entice him through the eye gate. And when that failed too, Satan says, you can have it all now. You can have it all now. That's the pride of life. Third temptation. Satan completely changed tactics. It's a complete change of tactics. And this one really needs an explanation. When God created the earth, planet earth, he handed the deeds of planet earth to Adam. He said, Adam, you are my deputy. Adam, you are in charge of planet earth. I'm making you in charge. You are my steward. You are, and I'm giving you authority. And when Adam fell for Satan's deception, he handed that deeds of creation, planet earth, to Satan. Satan knows that his takeover of planet earth is going to be challenged. It's going to be challenged. In less, less than three years, it's going to be challenged. So what does he do? He says, let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. Jesus, let's make a deal. So what does Satan do? He offers him friendship. Isn't that sweet? He offers him friendship. As if to say to Jesus, although I know and you know why you're here. Although I know that you're going to take it back and you're going to take the deeds of creation back from me. I know also that you are powerful. Why don't we just settle this amicably? Just let's settle it amicably. 
I'll turn everything to you. I'll give it to you now. I'll turn it over. You're looking for the deeds of, of planet Earth and the creation. I'll give it to you. Listen to me. <laughs> Satan is offering Jesus victory on the easiest possible terms. When you think about it, the average person today, the average person today would look at this and say, man, let's go for it. What's wrong with that? That's what you call in the business world a win-win deal, right? Maybe okay in business, not in the spiritual warfare. Ah, because you have to read the small print. You have to read the small print. The problem is always with the small print. There's a tiny, teeny-weeny, little attachment, but it's deadly. It's deadly. Utterly destructive items in that offer. All this I give you. All you need to do, not much, just bow to me. Bow to me. Sure, Jesus would have gotten everything he came for, right? But he would have submitted his will to Satan's will. What's wrong with it? Ah, we would have still being separated from the Father. We would have still be separated from the Father. Most local churches would have looked just to look today, except Satan owns it. Question. Are you sufficiently forewarned Beloved, whenever you are tempted to do or fall for any of those three temptations, ask yourself the question. I've done that many times. I wish I could say that I've done that every time. No. Which one of those three areas is he tempting me in? Is he appealing to satisfy my appetites, all kinds of my appetites, in an illegitimate way? Is he appealing to satisfy my selfish desires, my ego? Or is he trying to get me to do my will and not the will of God? I always ask those three questions. Every temptation comes under one of those three areas. So my appeal to you and to me is to occupy the high places and stay there. Stay there. Don't let him entice you to come down. Above all, never, 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 never forget that his days are numbered and he will soon be vanquished and Jesus glorified.
I first heard about um, Dr. Michael Yusuf and Leading the Way when I was about six or seven years old. It was sort of evening time. Um, I was looking out the window and I just heard his voice coming through the radio that was in the room. I just felt peace and it just really, it really spoke to me. I just knew something was different that night. I wanted to be a Christian. I actually found my first Bible. I just started reading it. It, it kind of spoke to me, you know. I was reading it through all the, the horrific things that were going on that summer. I was um, molested by a female au pair. Um, it was a summer of grooming. I was then raped again at the age of 10. There was a lot of sort of manipulation, sort of psychological, emotional, physical. After the incident, I stopped reading my Bible. I felt like I had sort of shut down a bit. I also realized, I think, that I was afraid of that spiritual intimacy um, because having Jesus in your life, you are completely bare, you know? When I was age 33, um, I'd actually lost, I lost my job and I was about to wallow. I was gonna sit and just watch TV and I turned on the TV and I just had this voice telling me, just go to premiere. And it was like, how can I go to, how can I? But I did it anyway. And who was on premiere? Dr. Michael Youssef. It was the most epic thing. I, I couldn't believe it to feel reconnected because when I heard Dr. Michael Yusuf's voice again. I just felt like I'd come back home. I found that in understanding Jesus's love for us, it broke down some walls of intimacy I think I'd had for a long time. I had to, to go through the process of, of accepting Jesus in my life to deal with my grief. It was such a crisis point in my life because for a lot of people in society that have gone through what I've gone through as a child, it's so easy to give in. It's so easy to just go, my life has been really hard. I was abused, nobody believed in me, and maybe this is my chance now to just wallow in the pain. And I was looking for something deeper, so when I could hear Dr. Michael Yusuf talking about rebuilding the walls, I was just hooked, I was captivated. I, uh, I referred to Dr. Yusuf as my second dad, because when I really needed a dad, these messages have hit me at the right time. And people didn't know I was falling apart. Dr. Michael Yusuf, thank you for everything that you've given up, for being a pillar of strength when I couldn't face life myself. The way God has used you to breathe so much freshness into my life when um, all hope was really lost. This month, generous ministry partners are challenging you to help match their gifts to leading the way up to $1 million through this special December matching gift challenge. Double your impact today and join with leading the way during these critical days. Will you help us share the good news of Jesus through this special December gift challenge? Contact us today to double your impact. Check out Leading the Way's smartphone app. With the Leading the Way app, you can watch recent episodes of Leading the Way, listen to sermon series, as well as read special daily devotionals written by Dr. Yusuf. You can even watch Leading the Way live events on your mobile device. Just search for Leading the Way on your Apple, Android, or Amazon Fire device to download the app today.
passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth. Leading the way with Dr. Michael Yusuf thanks you for your faithful support through your continued prayers and gifts. 